March 16th, 2020. This was not day one, but it felt like it. Gunnison County adopted an aggressive form of social distancing. It's also spring break in our mountain community. This is the week when families from around the world come to our mountain valley to ski on soft spring snow. College students travel to our destination community to ski and to play. It was the day before St. Patrick's Day, when revelers in normal years would mingle in restaurants and bars in our mountain community to share local beers and swap stories of ski runs, laughing, dancing, wearing green, celebrating life in the coming spring. But not this year. COVID-19, they call it. Sounds covert, even sinister. Corona sounds more like the spring breaks I remember, with a lime if you please. But not this corona. Coronavirus has become the unwelcomed guest to our mountain community. We are all learning a new vocabulary to understand how to manage this new illness that has come to America's shores and now to its mountains too. Words, ideas, public reactions, states of emergency, economic impacts, social distancing. What about quarantine? It seems there's more unknown than known. Don't panic. Underlying medical conditions, aged, pregnant, illness clusters, transmission rates, death rates. What should we do? How do we fight against this invisible invader of our world? And there's still more unknown than known. And there's a sense that there may be a lot they're not telling us. But fear won't help. Panic makes people do really stupid things. Presumption is dangerous. We have a storm to weather, keeping apart, yet together. The world is taking a pause and looking to the horizon where the clouds are dark and foreboding. Large raindrops are just starting to fall. Looks like we're in for a real blow this time. How best to shelter from this storm? We have a storm to weather, keeping apart, yet together. This new show, Weathering Coronavirus, will help to answer the questions and to help navigate the storm. We will be aggregating pertinent news and information daily so you can track this viral attack with us, play-by-play, play, but concisely. Knowledge is power, and we are all feeling a bit ignorant these days, and this ignorance might be more dangerous than COVID-19. We are fighting ignorance with information and explanation. This is a podcast for the planet. We will be working diligently to report all the important developments as the whole world responds in an unprecedented way to battle this invisible threat. But we will also share hope and love and the good news we find too. We will help to equip you to weather the storm. But this is not just a podcast for the planet. We will share the very real, personal, ongoing story of coronavirus and its impacts to us real people like you. The resiliency of humanity is more powerful than this real and yet existential threat. In a crisis, it is those who pull together that weather the best. So as we find ourselves in this strange new world of social distancing, we can all reach out with love for our neighbors and our communities and we will learn together. We have choices to make. We have actions we can take. Here we will learn together and here you will find not only the facts, but also hope. Kurt Linville here. Thank you for listening today as we start with day one of weathering coronavirus. And I have to tell you that this is being recorded early in the morning on March the 17th, St. Patrick's Day. We are going to launch this show today 
but because it takes a little while for iTunes and other formats to approve a new show, this first show may not get to you quite in the timely manner that the others will. Our plan is for you to have real-time daily updates that will help you to understand and know what to do in weathering this strange new world of coronavirus. I think I want to start with the numbers, and maybe this will be historical by the time you hear it, but it'll also offer a basis of comparison. We will be aggregating information from websites and news sources from around the world to try to provide you with a concise picture every day of what's going on with the coronavirus outbreak. I am now going to worldometers.info where they have a count of what's going on with coronavirus And the first number you need to know is 186,665. That's the current coronavirus case count. Now, that's 186,000. Of course, we have to ask the question, those are 186,000 known cases. But since coronavirus is actually quite mild for the vast majority of cases, there may be many, many that have gone unreported and untracked. But the best number that the world has right now is 186,000 cases. Of those 186,000 cases, 7,467 have resulted in death. The good news is that 80,329 have recovered. But that leaves about 100,000 ongoing cases, and regretfully, the numbers are growing rather than shrinking. But we will see a day in the not-too-distant future, we hope, when we see those numbers going down rather than going up. Yet 7,467 people have died. So let's take a moment. Let's think about the families. Let's send them some love, some encouragement, as they're going through their own personal storms. What about the United States? Well, we're going to go to, in worldometers.info, we're going to go to by country so that we can break it down. And the United States right now is reporting 4,743 known cases. These really are still the early days for the coronavirus in the United States. So far, we are reporting 93 deaths. And for a nation our size, we are the third most populous nation on the planet. These numbers are almost minuscule, but we know that they're growing. What about other countries around the world? Well, this all seems to have started in China, where they are reporting 80,881 new cases. They've had 3,226 deaths, and uh, they're reporting almost 9,000 active cases. But the bigger story right now seems to be in Italy, where the outbreak has grown tremendously and, frankly, has overwhelmed their ability to manage this public health crisis. They have 27,980, so that's almost 28,000 total cases. So far, they've had a little over 2,000 deaths. They only have 2,700 recoveries. So that means they have 23,073 active cases, and of those, about 5% are serious or critical. Iran also has been hit hard, 16,000 cases, nearly 1,000 deaths. They have 9,000, almost 10,000 active cases. Spain, 11,000 cases. Spain has had 491 deaths. 
But here's the disturbing part for Iran and Spain. New cases. This is of a day ago. New cases today in Spain, 1,236. New cases in Iran, 1,178. Right now, they're growing at over 1,000 new cases a day. Kind of scary stuff. This is the reason for social distancing. I'm going to spend a little bit of time on what I would call lesson one, social distancing, here in a little bit, so we can better understand how this works and how it can help uh, a population to weather a storm like this. Uh, Let's look at some of the other countries real fast before we do that, though. Germany, 7,600 cases. France, 6,600 cases. So the United States, the third most populous country on the planet, has 4,743. So right now the United States is just starting this uh, dark journey. But keep in mind that if we do things right, we can really minimize the impact of coronavirus on the United States. Various countries around the world are taking various steps to try to minimize the damage of this. And let's keep in mind, folks, that while these numbers are scary, that when you consider the population of the planet and the number of people that die each year from the common flu, our numbers are still quite small for coronavirus. What is disturbing about coronavirus, however, is that it is very virulent, meaning that it's very contagious. Um, People are easily infected with it, and while the vast majority of cases are mild, just kind of like a cold, actually, we find that with the immunodepressed, people with underlying health conditions, and especially with the elderly, this can be a very destructive disease, and that's where we're seeing the death rates go way higher than any of us would want. So, you know, as a young, healthy person, you might think that the coronavirus is not really anything to be too worried about, and personally, it probably is not. But if you become a carrier and spread the disease to others, then those that are not young and healthy may uh, have a real rough road ahead as a result of your being a carrier So while you probably don't have to worry too much if you're young and healthy, you should be concerned about taking right steps to help others who are less fortunate than yourself. Now while we're on the numbers, I would like to highlight a couple. We're going to watch these numbers changing over time, and I don't know how big they're going to get, but there's some numbers that I want to see take over this chart. First of all, like I said, in the world, 186,000 cases currently. That's 4,000 new cases just in the last 24 hours, 7,000 total deaths. But here's the number that I want to see grow. Total recovered, 80,329. That's good news. That's 80,000 people that have recovered. And then we have another 100,000 ongoing cases. And most of those ongoing cases will recover. The statistics show this. Um, As far as serious or critical cases go, there are 6,000 And a number just to add a little bit of perspective. Total cases per 1 million people, 23.9. So 24 people out of a million have the coronavirus right now. The numbers are still pretty small for what they're calling a pandemic. And this is good news. However, the numbers are likely to grow quite significantly before this is over. 
But there are things that we can do right now to help keep the numbers as low as possible. And I'm going to admit, this is a journey for me. I'm learning a lot. First, when I heard of coronavirus, it was that weird thing that was going on in China. But now, it's not only on our home shores, it is in our local community. And so I started doing a little research to better understand the disease and what's going on with it, the best ways to fight the disease. And I have learned a ton. So my first point of confusion was that since this disease wasn't fatal for most people, it seemed like it would make sense almost for the population to go ahead and get sick. Now, that sounds pretty selfish and a bit callous, but the thinking is this, and I want to kind of debunk this thinking. The thinking is that if we get sick and we recover, then we most likely will have immunity for the rest of our lives for this strain of coronavirus. And so when people get immunity, the crisis would be over, right? Well, the problem is that there will be a percent of the cases that are serious or critical, and medical intervention will be required for these people. And because of the extraordinary way that this virus reproduces and replicates and spreads from person to person, our medical facilities around the world and in the United States could easily be overwhelmed with people in serious need of care. So suddenly it starts sounding like not a good idea for people to get the virus to develop immunity. My second thought was, well, quarantine seems like a a pretty extreme thing to do, but maybe that's a way to go, because if you can quarantine people who are sick, then maybe the virus won't spread. The problem with quarantine is that it involves a small population of people, And in an attempt to keep them separate from everyone else, it gives everyone else this false sense of security. Like, oh, they're quarantined, we're going to be okay. Well, quarantines don't work. The bug always gets out. It's too virulent. There's no way to quarantine it well enough that it won't get out. And so if the rest of the population has a false sense of security, yet the bug still gets out and escapes the quarantine then people will do things that will add to the rapid spread and development of the disease across vast populations. So quarantine, while you know it could be somewhat effective on a small population, the risks are just too high because it doesn't involve the whole population. So here comes the new term, one that I was unfamiliar with and didn't know anything about until just recently, and that is social distancing. Now, I looked at a website which helped to explain this in a beautiful way, so let me cite that website. So the Washington Post actually put this out a few days ago, and if you go to the Washington Post and you search for Corona Simulator, you can see how this works. They've created a simulated virus, and they've shown different ways of fighting against the spread of the infections, and... What we're learning is that when a virus outbreaks like this, the, uh, the growth of the virus can be exponential, meaning that many, 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 many people get sick all at the same time. And this is what overwhelms a country or a community in dealing with a medical crisis. So they're talking about how to flatten the curve. What that means is instead of the exponential growth, they want it to be much, much slower. So fewer people are sick at any given time It doesn't necessarily mean that fewer people will get the disease, though that is a likely outcome, because it buys us a lot of time to manage it. 
but what it does mean is that fewer people should be sick at the same time so that the medical infrastructure won't be overwhelmed with so many cases that they have to turn people away and that would be the worst of all outcomes. So flattening the curve is accomplished by social distancing. The whole idea is that if people are not in contact with each other, then they can't transmit the disease to each other as easily. Now the disease will still be transmitted, we know this, but if we can slow the spread, slow it significantly, then we end up in a much better situation where more people can get the help they need when necessary. And again, I'd like to repeat, the vast majority of cases are very mild. It's just kind of like having a cold or a, or a mild flu. But we want to make sure that the people that have a more critical case get the care that they need. So that's why we do social distancing. So in short, that's the reason why you're hearing news across America of communities that are uh, going remote for work. They are doing school remotely. Elementary schools, high schools, middle schools, junior highs may be closing or extending spring breaks or having remote classes. Special events and concerts are being postponed or canceled. It sounds kind of scary because it's like everyone is staying home to hide, but that's really not the intent. The intent is not to scare. The intent is to keep large groups of people from being infected all at once. And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if, if you are a carrier of the disease of coronavirus and you come in contact with only two people, then you could only spread the disease to two people. Yet if you go to the movie theater and there are a hundred people sitting there and you sneeze or cough, then all of those people in near proximity to you could be infected. And in a crowded place like a movie theater, that could be 20 people or more. Now, social distancing also has to do with literal distance between you and others. They're saying that this virus can travel around six feet in the open air. And that's kind of concerning, but that means people, you've got to contain your sneezes and your coughs, and you probably should not be within six feet of someone that is exhibiting any sorts of symptoms of this coronavirus. So this is social distancing. Its purpose is not to quarantine America or quarantine the world. Actually, it's, it's kind of the opposite. It's to limit the spread of the disease by everyone participating in practices that can help to keep everyone else healthy. There are so many questions about this COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, people want to know how long it's going to last. They want to know how long the social distancing measures will have to be in place. And right now what we're seeing is ski resorts being closed for a week or two, or businesses saying we're going to be working remotely all employees remotely for the next two weeks. Spring break is going to be extended, or when people come back from spring break to college classes, they will all be done remotely over the internet. What a wonderful thing that we live in a society where we can do so many of our critical functions remotely over the internet. That's a beautiful gift. That's something that will really help in fighting this health crisis. One goal of this show is going to be to give you precise and concise information. Since this is our first episode and it may not actually publish for a few days, I'm not going to put quite as much information in today as you will have in future episodes because I want to make sure that all the information we provide is timely and concise and precise. So I wanted to end today with a 
a brief example of social distancing from Gunnison County, where we live. This is a, a kind of a more extreme form of social distancing than you would expect in other places. But Gunnison County today released a public health order prohibiting groups of 10 or more from gathering in public spaces, including bars, restaurants, child care centers, and a host of other places, as officials try to stymie the spread of COVID-19. The mountain towns in Colorado have been hit especially hard, they're saying. At the time, Gunnison County was reporting eight confirmed cases, but that was Sunday afternoon. It is now early Tuesday morning. And on Monday, two more cases were added to the tally for a total of 10 in Gunnison County. Gunnison County only has a population of 6,594. This population number is from worldpopulationreview.com. We will always be citing our sources on this show. But that means 10 out of, let's just call it a a roundup to an even 7,000. So that is 0.1%, a tenth of 1% of the population. So one out of a thousand people, roughly, are sick in Gunnison County as of today. But Gunnison County has taken very aggressive measures, more aggressive than most places in the United States, to try to curtail the spread of this virus. Why Gunnison? Well, forgive me for being a little egocentric, but it's where we live. But I also think it'll make a great case study that can help us all to familiarize ourselves with what dealing with a health crisis like this might look like. So the following was released by the Gunnison County Department of Health. New public health orders. The new public health orders close all short-term rentals, restaurants, and other retail businesses. Restaurants can operate as takeout delivery so long as they are complying with the rest of the order. Construction sites can continue to operate with written consent from the public health director. In order to get written consent, please fill out the following form. Businesses that are exempt from the orders include federal, state, local, and special district facilities, public utilities or utility service providers, grocery stores, hardware stores, medical service providers, gas stations, and discount department stores. That seems pretty extreme, but over the weekend, the governor of Colorado shut down the ski areas in Colorado. This is unprecedented. And Gunnison County not only saw our ski area, Crested Butte, shut down, we also now have shut down all the restaurants and all the hotels. That creates all sorts of questions for me. What will be the economic impact of such extreme measures? There are a lot of questions like that that are not yet answered, and it is the goal of this show to help to research and aggregate the information that is available, not to create a scare, but rather to give people a realistic understanding of what's going on with this coronavirus outbreak. Now, there are going to be economic impacts, there are going to be health impacts, there are going to be social impacts. We know this. I think that knowledge is power, and that knowledge can really help all of us to minimize any negative impacts that happen as a result of this outbreak. We will be answering as many of these questions as possible as the days continue. So listen in where you'll find concise and up-to-date information on coronavirus going forward, as well as hearing a little bit of our personal story from Gunnison County, Colorado, and how coronavirus is impacting us. So as a parting thought, let wisdom overwhelm your fear today. You can do things to protect yourself and others. Rather than feeling threatened and bewildered, you can be informed and you can make right decisions 
which will help everyone concerned. There is a lot of hope here. So we do have a storm to weather, keeping apart, yet together.